Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, July 27th, and we hit the turn and we are heading to the back nine of the PLL season. Summer halfway over. It's been flying by so far, Dukes. I know uh, you've been a busy man lately. You are fresh off your trip to Louisville for mm-hmm. the uh, for the PLL All-Star Weekend. So uh, obviously I'm Jordy from Barstool. We are joined as always by my good friend and yours, Dukes. Dukes, how are we feeling after uh, last week's trip to, to Louisville? I'll tell you what, I've, I've been trying to make a conscientious effort to pronounce the, I, I, I still don't know if I'm doing it right. Louisville. I, I was, I was always a big Louisville guy growing up, but trying to change my ways. There was a sign I saw where it was like Louisville, 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 like all these things, whatever you want to call it. It was, um, it was surprising. Uh, I, I know that like at least when it first came out, me and you were like, what the hell are they doing in Louisville? It's not a hotbed area. The all-star game in general really isn't my favorite thing. But one, the way that the fans came out, I thought was incredible. Two, the food in the city is exceptional. I had like the best wings of my life. Uh, some of the best brisket I've had in my life. Um, just the, the drinks, the whole city. I got this like small town historical feel to it. I liked it. I liked it as a city. Underrated. Underrated. I don't know how many times I'd be back to Louisville, like um, just on my own. But with, with the PLL, I'll go back any single time. And I'll tell you one thing. Louisville loves lacrosse. That was one thing that was very clear to me. Say what you want about the size of the stadium and everything. If they went to Gillette and not a lot of people showed up, they, people would be clowning them being like, oh, look, they, they think they could sell out Gillette for an all-star game. I thought it was the perfect size. It was overflowing. Like, bar down was packed. Premier zone was packed. The grass was packed. The stands were packed. It was a top-tier atmosphere. I don't know if Louisville can do that weekend in, weekend out. But for what, I, what they were able to do um, for the all-star game, I, I was very, very impressed as impressed as, as I've been with the city. Cause I guess my expectations were so low and then they like, like did better than my expectations, but then they went over the top of my expectations. Seriously. The, yeah. the, See, the energy for the all-star game was crazy. When I, when I'm thinking about like taking a trip to Louisville, like I, in my head, like you give me like a, a nice, like autumn long weekend to Louisville. Like you put me there in like November. Like I, I want to go. Cause like I kept seeing like everyone posted up with the, with the cigar and the bourbon. And to me, like, it's just been so goddamn, like I, I can't drink bourbon in, in the heat. Right. It's it just mm-hmm. like that, that to me, it's like a, like a crisp, you know, 50, 50 degree day. I'm wearing, you know, jeans and a flannel, little bourbon cigar like that right there put me put me in louisville then that seems like a dream so at my first reaction to going to louisville in the summer was like well that sucks upon seeing it through the pll and and through following you in your trip there i mean it looked great looks like a sick time uh obviously they, they brought out all the stars they they had you uh, judging the freestyle contest, yeah. so it seemed like you were a little generous with some of your. Uh, uh, you were you were definitely you're a, you're a player's judge. I'll I'll just say that. See, I, I I would disagree with that in the sense is freestyle is pretty tough to judge. You you have to think that uh, first off, it was a very cool experience in general that they even chose me to do that, but. It's tough because I, I was grading it more on creativity than anything else. Like, it, 
like I don't know if you saw him. Maybe we'll throw this into the clip. But Nakai, if he if that ball just dribbled in on his last one, that was the highest score of the day. I liked what Sisselberger did with the props. This the fact that he kind of did the same one towards the second round wasn't thrilled about it. So like that's why I gave him the one. It was like I told him like the winner was either going to get a ten or a one. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was definitely tough to judge. Um, think like with, in years past, like with, thinking like Steven Berger and Mikey Powell, and they did it. It kind of went away from that. But um, overall, the like that, really I think cool. that that would be. I think that that would be my issue as a judge is I would I would have the sand the standard set at Mikey Powell. Right. Front front flip, jumping through his stick. Like that to me would like be a 10. And like anything that you saw, like nothing's gonna compare to that. So I, I think I think you did the right move. I, I think that you were the right guy for the job, being able to to judge everything based off of com- comparative to this year. So uh I would just like yeah, I would just like to say that you're probably in the world right now for sure a top twenty freestyle lacrosse skills competition judge without a doubt i don't even really have any arguing that and also it was going off of costumes it was going off of uh props creativity xander dixon's first off <clears throat> let me just say this maddie palin what are you doing buddy the fact that he called an in the crease on xander dixon during the freestyle competition but he misses garrett ledman's in the crease during the final four buddy there's a time to call in the crease and not and i'm telling hey, you right I'm, now america, it's not loves, america loves a good comeback america loves a good comeback story and, and maddie p getting the right call on that right there like that's uh, p- people love to see people overcome adversity they, they like to see people you know just just be able to to redeem themselves, right? Nothing's better than that sweet, sweet redemption. And Matty P got the right call on that one. He might have fucked up royally in the national uh, semifinals, but if he gets the right call now, he gets the right call now. First, I would also like to say that everybody that's been listening to the podcast over the past couple of years knows I'm a Matty P guy. I might be the conductor of the Matty P train. I've called him the face of the league. I've called him the, the, the GOAT. I, I've been with him through the Final Four Troubles. But the fact that he called that during the freestyle competition – it was it was it was a look at me move. It was uh it was like guys remember that the ref is still here. It, it was absolutely insane that he made that call. Um, but again, I guess in the refing world, what, what's the best call? The next call. So the fact that he got that one right, I, I will give Matty P his credit there. But yeah, the, the weekend in general was was very fun. The, uh, the all star game parties. I mean, I always I tell the PLL team all the time. The best thing about going to PLL events is the pictures they take of you. It's just my Instagram post post for the month. Um, they, they, they put you in this room where it's like smoky. You got Liam Murphy on the keys, just taking nice shots of you. It, it makes me feel good. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely got, uh, I got, I got fucking shit faced. It's no hiding that. If there's any players listening to this podcast right now, they know how shit faced I was on Friday uh, at the all-star game party. It was very, very fun. Saturday I was hurting pretty bad. Um, again, I, I still was able to judge my way through it. So uh, Louisville kicked ass. One of the most underrated things about Louisville that I think you'd appreciate, bourbon food, the sunsets are magical because it's right on the cusp of like the Eastern and Central time zone. So it's light out at 9, 9 p.m. Um, I can imagine their Septembers are just absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Yeah, I guess I never, re- never really thought about that. That's, all right. That's pretty solid. That's a yeah. good That's a good argument for Louisville. Yeah. Um, right, I'll, I'll, I'll take it into consideration. Yeah, and then just – and I've talked about this in some cities. I will put my vote in for Louisville. Someone who's trolling me being like Duke's best cities, the last one he went to. I've only said, I've only really hyped up Fairfield and uh, 
Fairfield and Louisville. Like those those two have always blown me away. Uh, or not always, Louisville just recently. But if Louisville can do that year year in, year out, I don't see why you wouldn't give them a team. You know where I want the all-star game to go next though? Philly let's, and just let's have let's every a, single event in Philly. Let's do let's do a, a, a uh let's do six draft picks, snake draft, you go first. All-star game locations. Where you want the next all-star game to be? Um, I'll right. first pick. Number one, Charleston. All right, I'll go number two. I'll do Nashville. All right, uh, I'll go New Orleans. Fuck, that's a really good one. I'll go Austin. Ooh, okay. Um, underrated, great food city. I'll go Savannah, Georgia. I'll go Montauk, New York. <laughs> the, the boys are playing that game. The boys are going to be greased up for that game. Yeah, I mean, you the 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 IR that that week if it, it was in Montauk, it, it would be nobody would be on the IR. Everyone would be playing. And uh, last thing I'll really say about the All Star Game in general, um, the weekend, the format I, I think they nailed in the sense the Rising Stars versus the Veterans. I don't know if you can do that every single year and if it gets stale, but it definitely seemed a little bit more competitive, a little bit more like a lacrosse game, and definitely in the PLL years, that was my favorite all-star game, actual game that I watched. Dude, I mean, you you get the that young versus old matchup, like really in anything, um, just always produces some yeah. – just just some high quality entertainment and really like at any level. So like right before the all-star game uh, you saw like Paul Rabel kind of tweeting out and like, it kind of just like worked out to be this way. But like with the Wimbledon final, you had uh, Carlos Alcaraz taking on Novak Djokovic. And so like, you have like the young buck looking to, to take off the King. Um, and like, you, you've seen that throughout sports and like at the highest level, but then even like you go down to like shitty D three lacrosse, like at our sinus, our first like captain spread, like the f- freshman year, we go in our first couple captains practices in the fall, we would do underclassmen versus upperclassmen. And like, e- even there, it's like, you have these juniors and seniors who like, yeah, like they want to be your friend and like kind of welcome in all the new kids coming to school. But at the same time, they're like, yo, like this is my team. And I know that you just got recruited here, but like, right. like I, I don't, I'm not afraid to be a dickhead and make sure that, you know, like that roster spots mine or like that, like starting positions mine. So like, dude, like we showed up to school as, as freshmen first, first couple practices were like, it didn't come, it didn't come to brawls, but people did get hurt. We had one kid who uh, ended up with a broken jaw after soaking a shot um dude we had this one kid who he couldn't play lacrosse for shit but he could shoot the piss out of the ball um this kid was just farm bred he had a wooden a wooden shaft like one of those uh what the fuck were they called they were like booms yeah yeah so it but it's called like the boomstick or something like that yo this kid sucked he was so fucking bad like had no idea any lacrosse iq at all but he could bring heat and it's again, like first captain's practice of the season just steps in, probably rings one. Like, you know, at, at that time, it's like, you're, you're still like 18 years old. So like, it was, it was probably moving like 97 to 101, like somewhere in that range, like nothing like Jared Newman hitting 121, right? but still like a ridiculous shot catches a kid right in the, uh, the jaw in the, ch- the chin piece, broken jaw 
poor kids like just sipping through a straw the rest of the semester but you get like there, there's an juice. amped up there's yeah. an amped up juice when you've got the young versus the old because you got kids who are hungry and you've got the old who are trying to be like hey like this shit still belong. still belongs yeah still belongs to me yeah and i think that uh I, I think that was a great format someone also called out like the the mll all-stars versus the team usa that would be awesome yeah, I yeah, I remember that. That was probably like the one of yeah, the one only of one of like the only uh MLL events that I've watched like in like the past in like their like last six, seven years of existence. That was probably like the only thing that I actually watched Same. because it was so hard to watch it before because like you had to like sign into Lack Sportsnet and shit like that. But I feel like Forget if that game was on Lack Sportsnet or maybe they even had that one like on actual cable, but like that that was a great game. Yeah, I remember that. I'm pretty sure. I'm, wasn't Will Manny? Up. Wasn't Will Manny like the the MVP of that game too? Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain, and I think that that game was played at Mitchell Field. I think that now that we're talking about it, I think I was at the game. <laughs> like I, I think that's how far it goes. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was a great week weekend for lacrosse. I think that Louisville really showed out and uh, I think they, they made a case for themselves certainly. And I think that the entire PLL was impressed. So shout out to the PLL for the hospitality. Um, again, if you're ever going to a weekend, buy tickets to the bar down lounge people, the word's out, Jordy, the word is out. The bar is bumping um, in more ways than one. So yeah, it's great. Bar down lounge place to be. Uh, you'll catch uh, you, you'll catch the both of us there for Baltimore weekend. So not this weekend coming up in Dallas, but Baltimore weekend. So anyone who will be there, uh, you know what? Let, let's get more involved with the cornhole boards. I, yeah, I would, I would love, yeah. Hey, I, I would I would love if we had any uh, top 100 lacrosse podcast listeners out there coming down to the Bar Down Beer Lounge uh, in Baltimore and challenge the boys to uh, some cornhole. Um, real quick, as we're talking about Louisville being a, a great lax certified lax city, uh, the PLL did announce their 2024 home city finalists. Uh, so I'll just run down the list here of the cities slash territories slash states that have been uh, announced as finalists for uh, the, the inaugural eight cities or uh, I guess just geographically based teams. Uh, heading into the future of the PLL. And just tell me if you have anything that kind of jumps out at you, any surprises, any snubs. So alphabetical order, just reading off the graphic here, we've got Albany, Baltimore, Boston, California, Carolina, Charlotte, Chicago, Columbus, Connecticut, Dallas, Denver, Great Lakes, Kansas City, Louisville, Maryland, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, New York, Pacific Northwest, Philadelphia, Raleigh, Rocky Mountain, Seattle, Texas, Utah, and Washington, D.C. Anything there? Jump out of the page at you. Um, you know, I, I think I think we got a good a good list of teams there. I'm pretty sure like our original eight are are somewhere up, right? Like the first time that we brought it up, like we had the, the New York, the Philly, the Baltimore. Uh, I, I don't see. So there, there's no new England on here, which is kind of interesting. Cause then it kind of, it, right. it leads you, it, it lends you to have to choose between Boston or Connecticut. Which yeah, it I, does. I, I, so, so I think it would have been a whole lot easier um, if you were able to just, 
group those into New England, kind of like how you have the Pacific Northwest or uh, Rocky Mountain, which I guess, I, I guess that's like where else are the Rocky Mountains? Is that also in like Utah? Yeah, or, like or, that would be, or those. Okay, I think I would imagine that's that. That's how my math would go down. My math yeah. and geography would go down that the Rocky Mountains are Colorado and Utah. And then what, what, what would be the Great Lakes? Like, are, are we yeah. talking, is that like Michigan or is that Minnesota? Okay, we're going. We're, or probably like right in, right. like, yeah. yeah. That's that's a region. I don't know what that region is they're trying to consist of, but I, I, I'm going to go. That's more Minnesota than anything else. Like, I bet you the city, the the home city is Minnesota. Um, they're probably but but here's the thing, but you already have, but you have Minneapolis and Minnesota, both as finalists. So like either the whole state or just the city. So I feel like Great Lakes has to put you, yeah, probably a little bit more in the middle of like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Chicago. So like you've got, you just get to group all of those in together. So this, so sports business journal kind of put out, this is free plug for them. But they kind of did a – talked about it a little bit with, like, the market overlap. And it seems like MLS Paul, – Paul cited the MLS's mandate for individual owners to invest in their venues. So it could be finalists. could be, in it, like, an MLS. Like they're trying to get the owners like with the venues. It could be a, just a venue thing in general. Um, but, like, if you're just going by that, look at Carolina. Carolina's got Raleigh and Charlotte as two of the and, – and the Carolinas. So that's an interesting little tidbit. Um, no New Jersey, classic. Suck classic. it. Classic, classic, classic. Um, but yeah, I think that no, no real big surprises here. Um, I kind of could make some guesses on what would make sense. I think two two teams made a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I I think having a Texas team makes sense rather than a Dallas team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So is Dallas. Oh yeah. So Dallas is, I'm, but yeah, I guess, but like you'd probably still put it in Dallas. In, yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't know. I don't really, I don't, I don't want to speculate because people are going to think that like I have an in and that like, I know something when I don't, but I, I think that if you just kind of use your brain and you kind of start seeing, like start using coaches and all this you can kind of put together where teams might land um yeah. which i think is just an interesting little tidbit but yeah it, i mean yeah it's like dallas no dallas, or, dallas or texas atlas is Makes like a sense. lock yeah i think that yeah that's what i would yeah I'm glad you, you already have the you already have there. the bull logo you got right, right, down right. There, it just so makes like, it makes so much sense like i don't know uh, if they're like like even if they're gonna save save some locations like say what if like new york just doesn't get a team right to start but then they bring back like the lizards or something like that i don't know if that's even in the cards or what could possibly be there but that's something that i've kind of considered but either way i'm very excited for home markets to come back and to see which teams land where should be exciting all right uh well Listen, we're, we're going to get into, so we, we already touched on Dallas. So obviously PLL is heading to the star in Frisco this week. Uh, so Dallas Cowboys, pr- sick practice facility. Fuck the Cowboys, but they do have a pretty sick facility down there. Uh, Jerry Jones, piece of shit. 
Uh, hope nothing but the worst for that guy, but real solid facility that he has down there. Before we get into, uh, what is this now, week six of the PLL season, uh, just wanted to give a, a quick little quick little shout out to former Notre Dame lacrosse player, Taylor Claggett. Pretty sure he graduated in 08, I, I want to mm-hmm. say. Uh, but Taylor Claggett, this this guy has been just uh, just causing havoc all across the, the Jeopardy waves over the past uh, week or so. So Taylor Claggett, he's won $31,800 on a Jeopardy winning streak right now. Dude's just smart as, smart as nails. Uh, just big, big time fact guy, big time trivia guy. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm not, a, I'm not a Jeopardy guy. Um, never really have been, never really will be. I feel like, uh, it's, it's one of those, I don't know, just, just a, a, I was too busy, too busy playing sports to be a Jeopardy guy. Not, not a nerd, but sports and not Jeopardy. Yeah, exactly. Fucking sports. Sadly, lacrosse isn't a sport. Well, that's, uh, but (laughs) comment. Thought this was Barstool Sports. Why are we talking about lacrosse? Um, <laughs> but either way, so sh- shout out to Taylor Claggett. Uh, I, I I don't know if he's still playing or what. Uh, I don't really even know how Jeopardy works. I, I think like you just keep like rolling. There, I, I remember there was like the one guy who everyone was like sucking his dick. He was on the show for like months, was just running shit. Um, but either way, this this guy, this Taylor Claggett, he is. Uh, I, I think that he's donating all of his winnings to the Taylor Ann Foundation, which is a uh, nonprofit that was started after he lost his niece to brain cancer. So uh, really cool move there by Taylor Claggett. So uh, great cause. Hope that he keeps winning. Rack it up. Play for months. What, what a run that Notre Dame lacrosse has been on, right? You get a national championship and then you get a Jeopardy champion. There's probably never been another program in the history of lacrosse who's had both at the same time. Right. No facts. Um, and I, are you talking about Ken Jennings? Uh, no, I feel like there was another guy more recently. It, isn't Ken Jennings like a little older? Like that yeah. was like a wild. Like there was a guy who was like James Holzhauer. Like, is that his name? Sadly, maybe maybe people were calling him like Jeopardy James or something like that. Yeah, I'm looking at the leaderboard. It seems like that's got to be him. Yeah, that was 2019. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that has to be him then. There's somebody out there that's listening to this right now that loves Jeopardy and they're just getting so infuriated that we don't know who this is. That we don't uh, yeah, know who I, the king I, is. Like, I've never watched – the most Jeopardy that I've ever watched was the uh, the Saturday Night Live, like uh, Norm MacDonald as yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, the, I, was just watch, I was just watching Norm MacDonald all last night. What a goat. His Twitter is amazing. Uh, yeah. He's a huge, huge gambling guy. Uh, also, I before we uh, move on, I think we did a disservice. We have to touch on it before we touch on, on the weekend games. Where do you stand? I think we touched on it a little bit. Where do you stand, though, on the official fastest shot? Does Newman have it, or does that fan? Did you see the fan that shot 127 a couple years ago? Uh, Nick Deagle? Yeah. I, I think, yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like Nick can, and I, I've seen him at like, um, I like LaxCon and shit, like hit like 124 with like ease. Um, so, but like, I, I just never know like, like how far he's shooting, but like, dude, the fact that he's doing that with a short stick, that's the most impressive part. I, 
like, like, like I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm Nick Deagle shoots a lacrosse ball faster than anybody in the world, but I still give the record because it's an official record to, um, to Jared Newman. Now here's what we can do. I mean, we can set something up where you get Nick Deagle and Jared Newman to have a shoot off. Right. So yeah. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you need to get Guinness involved. I don't know if this is something that the PLL can set up. I don't know if that's something that, that you and I can set up, but we need to do some sort of officially sanctioned shoot off between the two of them. Because right now, like Jared Newman's is just more, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's legit. It's a legitimized record. Like we, we don't know if Nick Deagle, I don't, is, is, it is, is his radar gun juiced, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I don't, we, that's we, what we, my just, we just don't know. But like I said, I, I've seen them at LaxCon before, like in like the little like uh, how STX always brings yeah. that like little blow up shooting out. And so like you definitely hit a crazy high number there. Um, but you just never, never know. Like I don't, it's not that I distrust 127 at his own facility with his own gun and shit like that, but I would like to see something a little bit different. So my tinfoil I don't cap, know. My tinfoil cap is, he could have, unless he truly just doesn't care that much, which I'd also respect. But people that are like, I don't know, I, I feel like people that are trying to be like, oh, remember Nick Deagle? They just hate the PLL and they hate like seeing like Paul say like the fastest shot in history and stuff, which like if you were the commissioner of the league and you weren't doing that, you're doing a very bad job of trying to promote your league, by the way. But I will say that one, either have Nick Deagle in the fastest shot competition next year or two, why, why hasn't Nick Deagle just called up the Guinness Book of World Record and been like, I have the fastest shot, come measure me. We'll do it the same same place that Jared Newman did it, and we can do the official record. The fact that he hasn't done that makes me think he one either doesn't care about the record or two is shooting up closer, and the gun's not as legit as it seems. That's my tinfoil cap. I feel like someone yeah. that has well, the here's the thing: like there was um there there was a time not too long ago in the in the MLO All Star game. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zach fan, Dorn. Yeah, yeah, Zach Dorn yeah, or fan, something. Yeah, guy came down from the stands and just splashed one fourteen and won the won the contest went went home with one of those big fucking checks did that did that kill the mll did that kill the mll it's a tough look when you've got a guy just wearing like cargo shorts just come down from the stands probably had to grab someone else's stick and just was like all right let let daddy eat real quick yeah yeah i I love how like he was also like not like i watched the clip a couple days ago they weren't telling they weren't he wasn't going to tell anyone how fast he shot it like his fastest ever yeah, he, he fucking he was doing like the like it's like oh I could shoot it like 105 like put me in the competition and then he's like nope I could shoot it way faster than yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I mean, listen, Jared Newman 121, sick, sick. If Nick Deagle can shoot 127 with a short stick, which again I, I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit. I'm gonna say he can. I'm gonna say he can. But also gonna say got to back it up. Need to uh, legitimize that. Got to have a shoot off. Let's make it happen. Maybe halftime of the championship game in Philly. If the chaos don't make it. That's true. Also, chaos. impressive that Newman did it with a backup, with not even his real stick, got strung that one. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's another cool thing. But, I mean, stick te- stick technology these days is just absurd. Like, you you get anything coming out of the package, and it's good and ready to go. I will say, when, when uh, before it, I was like, how are you feeling? He's like, I haven't hit the cage once yet with it. That was before the game, like during the skills competition. He hadn't hit the he hadn't hit the cage, shooting. Yeah, I mean, what whatever. That, also, the fact that he I will say this: he shot one nineteen on a bouncer. That was sick. 
Yeah, that was more impressive. Bring... Yeah, that was more impressive than his 121, in my opinion. Guy, guy can bring a lot of heat. Uh, seems terrifying to stand in the way of that. I, I mean, you you would know better than anybody. Yeah, I was shit in my pants. He's a nice guy. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all right. Let let's run this into the uh, our weekend preview as the fellas head down to the Star in Frisco, Texas. And it all gets going Saturday, 6 p.m. We've got the Atlas and the Chrome. Now, I don't know if we want to call this a a must win. I don't know if we want to call this a must lose. Uh, But both of these teams sitting at one and four on the season. Uh, Atlas, I mean, the fact that this fucking team, man, I'm I'm like so ready to give up on them. But I know as soon as I do give up on them, they're going to turn it around. They're going to make it into the playoffs and then they're going to go on a quick little run and they'll be playing in Philly and I'll feel like a dickhead. But Atlas for where they're at right now, um, they're just not getting goaltending uh, tough. Listen, we love Drake Porter. Drake's our, our number one guy. I'd go to war for Drake. Uh, he didn't even really have that bad of a game last week uh, as they played against the chaos. It's just like. Guy, His first half was really good. Yeah, he, I bet he was just getting shelled to death out there. Um, and then Chrome, I mean, they just that that wedding killed this team, right? They they the vibes were immaculate heading off of the championship series. All of a sudden, a wedding comes around, and just the vibes are are so off. They've never been more off. So doesn't matter what their roster combination looks like. It doesn't matter who's in the game. doesn't matter who's out of the game. They just can't seem to get anything going. Uh, Chrome and b- big news heading into this one, right? So uh, Connor Farrell will not be yeah. dressing in this game. So we've got uh, Chrome going with the uh, face-off prevent uh, against Trevor Baptiste. And if we are looking at the lines here. These, uh, all these lines are brought to us by the Barstool Sportsbook. Please bet responsibly. And if you or anyone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, but on the line here, we've got Atlas favored, minus one and a half on the spread, but that's at plus 120 value. Uh, Chrome plus one and a half at minus 150. Uh, total over here set at uh, 24 and a half and Atlas favored on the money line at minus 130. Chrome gets you even money. Dukes, your thoughts heading into this game and your thoughts on uh, Chrome going with face-off prevent and not dressing the milkman. I can't tell if this is because they don't like the way that Farrell can handle the ball, but I'm thinking more this is a Trevor thing, a testament to Trevor. And I think that they're just going prevent because they kind of maybe they're just not as confident in Farrell winning faceoffs against Trevor, so they're just gonna put a poll poll out there and just hope for the best. Uh, it's t- we kind of got this news right before, so it's tough for me to really reflect on. But I'm thinking it's more of a testament to Trevor. Um, Atlas, I mean, their defense is not that good. Um, after draft- drafting two defenders, top three picks, it doesn't seem to uh, fix their woes which I kind of said in the beginning of the year, episode one, I was like, look, like the Atlas have all the talent in the world. And people just call me dumb and all this shit. I said their defense might not be there at this time of year. And I think I kind of fucking nailed that. Uh, can they turn it around? I said if the defense gets better throughout the year, like I, w- I won't be surprised if anything. But I'm just going with they stink. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or not. I don't know. Like I think it's going to be, be down to Atlas and the Chrome uh, on, that, on that final spot. I, I'm not very confident in that defense. Goaltending doesn't give me anything really right now. I mean, Kincannon played like one of the best goalies in the world for the past couple of seasons. Does not seem like it right now. Um, and I don't know if they have 
too too many good players, which is but there's too many good players in on the Atlas offense, and too many people might need the ball to really specialize in what they do. Um, like even like the, that Costabile like doesn't really seem to like get going. Romer hasn't seemed to really get going. Um, I, I don't know. Said it before and I'll say it again. I mean, defense, goaltending, and Romar have been killing the Atlas. Um, feel like you need to get way more out of all those guys. Uh, really tough to win. I mean, there's just so much offensive talent all over the board in this league. Uh, and if you don't have anyone who can stop the ball, then it's gonna be tough to win games. So uh, but yeah, I, I think uh just going back to the to the Connor Farrell not getting uh dressed in this game. I will like this is the first like big name face-off guy who's now a victim of the face-off prevent. So like before, like who else was doing it before? Um think uh what the, the prevent? Yeah, water dogs. So, so water dogs were doing it, but like they don't have like a, a, a cannon a sometimes do it. Cannons were but like they don't have like like none of these teams have like a guy. No, right? this like is the first. Name, this is the name first in the league, and like this yeah. is this is the first face-off guy who like you've got like kids wearing his jersey in the stands that now a victim of the new uh, face-off rule. So, um, I don't. Yeah, listen, it's uh, def- definitely got to be some some troubling times at uh, you know, Fogo HQ, where, wherever like you know Greg and Jerry and all those guys are are hold up throughout the year. Um, to, to see a guy of Connor Farrell's caliber get, you know, kind of get not the ax, but uh, you know, get the week off. I would like to, it's yeah, it just, it has to be a lot to do with the fact that they're going up against Trevor and it's like, all right, like, listen, we're probably not going to win these faceoffs anyway. Let's just see if we can get the ball out of, you know, Trevor stick while he only has 32 seconds to handle it and then see what we can do that way. Good. This is the first time Dan said that somebody with a winning faceoff percentage has been chosen to instead uh, go prevent. It's it's interesting. I think it, it's it's a it's a good week to try it out, right? Because the week that you probably weren't going to win too many anyway, right? So right. so maybe maybe they're just testing the waters. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and I don't really know if this is gonna. I I love to see how this is going to affect the uh, like face faceoffs to come. Um, if they'll, they'll revert back from 32 seconds, if people have different strategies, I know that Greg Renlian put out a video seeing how different teams can go against the prevent. Um, so it definitely will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm riding with the Atlas on this one. They're still way too good um, to be this bad. Something's going to start to click. At some point, they're just going to score a shit ton of goals. Um, not crazy about the Chrome. Not, not, don't think that they have much left going for them this season. Um, I think it'll come down to Chrome and Whipsnakes for that final spot. And, and the only reason why I have the Whips there is one, because they're easily the most injury uh, ridden team in, in the league right now. This, this, these poor guys can't stay healthy at all. And two, I think that Stags just hates everything about life right now between, I mean, he's won one game in the past, however many months between the championship series and the start of this year. So, um, I mean, like I, I, I feel like everyone on that team has to be walking around on eggshells in front of that guy. And that's a tough way to play this game. So, um, I like Atlas coming out on this one. I'll tell you what, I I do think this is going to be a big, uh, a big week 
for separation in the standings, right? Because we've got one and four Atlas taking on one and four Chrome. Uh, what I, th- I believe the Cannons and Redwoods they're playing against each other. They are both sitting at uh, three and two. We've got Water Dogs and Archers, the two four and one teams playing. Against- so like you've got a lot of teams who have the same record playing against each other. So we'll finally start to see who's rising to the top. We'll finally start to see who's dropping down at the bottom. And I've got Chrome uh, finishing way down at the bottom at the end of this week. Yeah, this will – I know they, uh, the Atlas now have Cockerton, so I don't know if that will be – add some level of comfort with uh, T. But, yeah, I, I, this is tough. Until the rosters come out, I, I will go with Atlas right now. All right. Uh, that brings us into our 8.30 game on Saturday night. We've got Cannons taking on the Redwoods. Again, both of these teams sitting at 3-2. and two. Uh, On the spread, we've got Cannons minus 1.5 at plus one. 125 value uh redwoods plus one and a half at minus 155 on the money line we've got cannons favored at minus 120 redwoods at minus 110 uh total on this one again 24 and a half dukes your your cannons your cannons lacrosse club i mean this team uh they are just this is a team that just finds a way to win every single week. They get the most out of their guys. And I mean, last week it wasn't even like they found a way to win. They just beat the shit out of the Chrome. They doubled them up 12 to two. Uh, Asher Nolting playing just this, this man's way too big for so many defenders out there. Uh, Marcus Holman, obviously a dog. Matt Cavanaugh played a huge game. Now, now did, did Matt Cav get a little boost out of having his brothers and Chris Kreider in the stands? A couple guys who he would like to show out for, maybe a little bit, but now that he's got that back in him, um, expect more out of him. Yeah, I mean, Cannons have been playing so well. And on the flip side of this matchup, we've got the Redwoods, who, uh, I mean, this, this team left Fairfield with their tails tucked between their legs after only putting up three goals in a professional lacrosse game really really tough showing out of the redwoods i i just think it was a really bad week for the most part i think it was a really bad week i I don't think that like after this week happened like before fairfield everyone was talking about how the redwoods are like the team right like they're just so complete like they've got it all going for them uh and then they put up three goals and everyone's like well shit like what where did the redwoods go from now and it's like, well, everyone was like sucking their dicks before Fairfield. And now everyone's right. like, shit, like, how, like we got to blow up the team and, and start f- from scratch. So um, I think only putting up three goals, more of a, just a blunder of a week than anything. But there are legitimate concerns about that roster, mainly at the uh, mainly at the midfield position, right? Like Miles Jones just isn't that guy anymore. Sergio Perkovic just isn't that guy anymore. So like, you got to find a way to get someone else going uh besides Ryder and Pinnell so I mean I, I think think this is kind of going to be a tough game for them to figure that out because cannons aren't a team that are going to let you be comfortable for long enough out there to kind of figure some shit out like they're going right into the fire with this one so uh dude your, your thoughts on cannons one on, on you being just so right about this team uh and and if uh redwoods can bounce back from an absolute dog shit week luckily they had a, a week break in between to kind of get it out of their system so the redwoods got uh john piatelli from uh cornell from the player pool and they also got kevin rogers so hopefully that'll add a little boost 
uh, to that offense. And I'm not so sure if this is against Serge and Miles more so than that their offensive uh, skills don't really translate well to a John Grant offense. And if that's the case, if that's the, the decision that you've made as a coaching staff, I think that it, it's time to trade them, um, get some value back. And, and second off, this is we, we need GMs in this league. Coaches are too attached to players. You know, you, you have an emotional attachment. It's time for GMs. I'm calling out the PLL. It's time for GMs. Let me be the first hire. Let me take over the Atlas. Let me get them to a championship. Like, I, GMs are needed. GMs are needed. Uh, that, that's my one thing. Two, just talking about the cannons. This is a two-week debate that I've slept on. They are better without Lyle Thompson. Yes, I understand that he's probably the best overall lacrosse player in the world. That does not matter. The Cannons have won more games in fewer in uh, less time than they have won with Lyle Thompson in two seasons. Is it because the offensive personnel is better? Is it because of the coaching staff? You can say all these things, but it is an objective fact that the Cannons look better without Lyle Thompson. Now, you might be saying, why is that? Does the ball get stuck in Lyle Thompson's stick? You can make that argument. In college, when he was killing it, everyone really watched his game all the time. There was no shot clock. In the world, when he tore it up, there was no shot clock. He could hold on to that ball for however long he wanted to and toy around with his defender. In the PLL, it's faster paced. You need to move the ball quicker and you need to be unselfish. That is what the Cannons excel at. They don't. And look at all around the PLL. Where does that work? The Water Dogs, the Whip Snakes, the Cannons right now. It's all teams that are unselfish and know how to move the fucking ball. Lyle Thompson has never really played that. And people are like winning for me. I'm like, does, does, does the style of Lyle Thompson, can that win you a championship? And someone pointed out his NLL championship and MVP. Fucking sick, dude. I don't follow the box. I don't follow box across. I don't follow your fucking Canadian formula. Stop coming at me on Twitter. I'm not a box guy. And second off, the only time he's ever won a fucking championship in the field was in 2019 when everyone went to the PLL, all the good players. So if he didn't win a championship that year with legitimate a PLL roster in the MLL with Colin Heacock and all those Bayhawks, then he'd have no field championship ever. I, I think it's just an absurd statement that everyone just sucks him off automatically trying to be like, I'd rather have Lyle Thompson than not have Lyle Thompson. I don't know. I'm passionate about it because I've been getting added on Twitter all fucking week. But that's my piece. Uh, yeah, so I, I think okay, listen, there's there's definitely a hint of what like like people just can't dismiss what you're saying. I will say I don't know if the cannons are a better team without Lyle in the mix, or if teams are just like playing them defensively different since they don't have Lyle. And and so so what I'm what I'm trying to say is is they're better like they might be better off without Lyle. I don't know if it's because they're a better team, but teams are just playing them a little differently. Maybe like maybe may, you know, maybe if teams really start keying in on Asher just as much as they were when when Lyle's out there, like maybe you know may, maybe then Asher becomes kind of the same runs into the same issues that Lyle was running into. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a really it's a really tough debate because it's one of those ones where are are they better on paper without Lyle? No. no. But are we seeing the results kind of speak for themselves right now? Yes. Is it coincidence? Maybe. Is there a hint of what you're saying where yeah, the ball can get stuck in Lyle's stick and and the more that you can snap that around, like it, 
does that work? Yes. But like, could you put Lyle into this game and be like, Hey, like just fucking snap this shit around and then we'll right. like, right. That's, that's know, another so. possibility. That's, an, that's, that is totally another possibility. I, I think. I think we're I seeing think the best version of the cannons right now, right. but I don't think that that's inherently because Lyle Thompson's not on the field. The team, the overall, some of its parts are just better right now. I, I'm asking a genuine question to, to lacrosse fans in general. Is the shot clock affecting Lyle? <sighs> you hear what I'm saying? He so yeah, I mean, to... I mean, I mean, yes and no. Like, it's not he has the shot clock in the NLL, right? So like, right. It's it's not like that. It's this like brand new thing to him that's like fucking with his brain. Like, a, again, again, I'm, I think it's I'm, just two different sports. Like, I, I, I think I won't even talk about it. Like his his box game because that it, it's like talk, talking another foreign language to me. I enjoy the box game. I appreciate you get, the you, box game. You get I, a lot. Talk about it. Yeah, you get a lot more like shot clock resets in box, right? So like e- even then, like the possessions, while the shot clock's quicker, like you can rattle a lot more off the goalie, get some rebounds that are gonna you know kind of extend some of those possessions. Um, and then on the on the flip side of that, like because the shot clock's quicker in box, like you're gonna get the ball back again a little bit quicker. I don't know. I I, I don't know if the shot clock is. It's just. I don't know for, for some reason or another shit just like didn't click. And I don't know if it's because of him or if it's because of the rest of the personnel or like whatever, like keep in mind, like the, the cannons added one, a new head coach. They got, they picked up Matt Cavanaugh. They picked up Marcus Holman. Like they've got like a lot more going on for them right now than they did last season. Like I love Ryan Trenner, but like, the guy and and like Asher was a rookie, but like how much did Lyle truly have to work with? Not a ton, not as much as he would with this current team. I don't know. I'm always going to be of the belief that like, I would rather, I would rather have Lyle Thompson than not have Lyle Thompson, but I'm also willing to admit that we're seeing the best version of the cannons that we've ever seen before. It's just that the, the floor for that was pretty low. Like they're three and two. Like this team isn't like fucking dick kicking everybody. They're still three and two. Like let's stop talking about the cannons. Like they're fucking seven and zero. They 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 dick kicked. They dick kicked the chrome. The chrome fucking suck though, and that's that's the thing. But they dick kicked the chrome. Like that that was an emasculating win. And what their first game against the against the archers against the archers. The narrative in in week one against the archers. Was there was a hard fought battle against the Archers, who are cl- like clearly the best team in the league, and that was week one. I, yeah, I just I don't listen. I love. I really have come around on this Cannons team. I've really come around on Brian Holman. I think that right now he's my favorite coach in the league. Uh, but like, I, I just don't know if we should be sucking off the Cannons that much. Being like, yo, they're three and two. Like, thank God they don't have Lyle. Yeah, if, I, I guess. I, I, they've lost. I, I'm not, I don't know. They, I mean, they, they did kick. I mean, because now, as you say, they did kick the Atlas, the Chrome, one goal win against the Chrome, one goal loss against the Chaos. And then in Albany, it was 16 13 against the Cannons. And I think that was closer than the scoreboard indicates. They're playing really good ball right now. 
You don't want to play best ball. Like, you don't want to play your best ball right now, though. You don't want to play your best you ball. Don't, yeah, you don't want to be don't want to be playing their best ball right now. Um, I don't know. I let let's wait to see the sample size before. I think that that's. I think listen, we get cannons into the championship if they're playing in Philly. Then we can make the we can really add some gas to that conversation about are they better off without Lyle? Right now they're three and two. They're like just above five hundred. Let's not get too carried away right now. But I do like you planting the seeds for the argument for later. Like, I, I think that that's a, a, a it, right now is a good time to plant those seeds. I don't think that you're out of, out of, out of term for at least planting those seeds. One thing, one, one other thing I'll say is that I think that it's very under, there's a certain style of ball that wins championships in this league and the cannons have the formula right now. I'm not so sure that talent wise, they're all the way there, but people were talking about the chaos in year one, like they were going to be the worst team in the league. They showed that their unselfish offense can get you the best record in the PLL. They were the number one seed. What was it? Twenty. Then they went back to the championship in 2020. Won the championship in 2021. We're in the championship last year. So, like, I, I don't know. The Chaos have a style. The Whipsticks have an unselfish style. The Water Dogs all have an unselfish style. Um well, I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do right Whatever. here is uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that the Redwoods run away with this thing because we've been talking way too much about the Cannons. Uh, I, th- I think at some point the Lax Gods are going to step in here. Uh, they're going to smite us a little bit. So if, if you're smart uh, and, and if you're listening to Dukes talk about how <laughs> outstanding this Cannons team is, he's right about all of it. I want to say that right now. I think everything that you're saying about this, this cannons team having the right formula, all of that totally agree with it, but because of how much we're talking about it, it only makes sense the Redwoods come out here and just lay a beat down on the cannons. Maybe not a beat down, uh, but at the very least, I mean, they're, they're at plus one and a half. So, um, but just go ahead. Redwoods money line for me and I'll fuck around. I'll take the under maybe, maybe it will be like a, Maybe a thirteen to ten game. Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going under, and I'm, I'm going Cannons minus one and a half. All right, that brings us into Sunday. Sunday slate of games. It all gets going at three p.m. We've got the Water Dogs and the Archers. Both of these teams sitting at four and one. Uh, Water Dogs able to come away with a pretty solid win last week against the Whip Snakes. Although they did benefit a little bit from uh, Kyle Burnlore going down with a dislocated elbow uh, pretty early on in that game. But Water Dogs uh, able to get their rings in Fairfield. And so I, I guess two weeks ago in Fairfield uh, and, and then come away with a win against the whip snakes and archers are just looking like an absolute wagoon at the moment, uh, four and one with a score differential plus 13. Uh, they took down the, uh, the redwoods after that 10, three beat down Brett Dobson stud, uh, that archers defense, bunch of stallions. I just fucking mean, mean men. Um, and then obviously, what what's left to say about their offense. They will be again without Grant Ament. So Grant, what he played in Fairfield, but then poor guy just keeps coming back a little too early, keeps thinking himself back up. So I don't know. Is it announced if he's playing or not? I, I think he's he's gotta be out, right? I uh, it has not been announced yet, but Dylan Ward is out with paternity leave. So congratulations to uh to new, yeah, to new father Dylan Ward. So he'll be coming back with that strength uh for the the final few weeks of the season. So be on the lookout for that. Crazy animals just gonna be soaking shots left and right. Uh so 
we won't get the Dylan Ward versus Brett Dobson matchup that uh, everyone would have loved to have seen here. So your thoughts on this one. And, and by the way, let's get to the uh, lines here brought to us by the Barstool Sportsbook app. Uh, we've got on the spread archers at minus one and a half. That's juiced up at plus plus one twenty five value water dogs plus one and a half at minus one sixty. Uh, both these teams on the money line at minus one fifteen, And again, over under at 24 and a half. This is tough. This is tough. I think the water dogs are poised to make a deep run. I, I really like the makeup of this team. It's brave of you to say that the reigning champs are going to make a deep run. Yeah, but I was also people forget that I was I was the first one on them last season uh, out of us duo. But I don't know. It's so tough because I, I love the water dogs, but I think it's got to be archers. I think it, it, it's got to be archers. Um, having Ward out doesn't make me so comfortable. I don't know how many shots DeLuca has seen since the World Games. Um, I, I could be wrong with this, but this is just the, the, my, my thinking right now. And again, this isn't my official pick. I'll put them out on Friday. But um, right now, I'm going to lean archers. I think that offense, I think their efficiency on offense and defense. Halasek is playing like defensive play of the year. Um, doesn't let anybody really score on him. I think this is the best defense that the water dogs will see thus far. So yeah, I mean, as good as that, the water dogs are, are all over the field. Um, I'm going with the, uh, the archers and I feel like the archers are like one of the only teams, I don't know off the top of my head, but just visually that have been able to play well against the prevent. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that'll definitely be the key is how Gobre can do Gobrecht can do against a uh, Sisselberger. Yeah. I mean, archers are without a doubt, the most complete team in the league. Um, I, I mean, I, I like, here's the thing. Water dogs, even with face off prevent are kind of still right there. Like between. Yeah. No, that's, like, that's why it's so tough for me to read. So, so like between Gobrecht and, and also between Zach Courier, like both of those guys, like you don't like, they don't need a top face off guy, but like, like archers have one. So like they have a top face off guy. They have one of the best offenses in the league. They have, just menaces on defense and then Brett Dobson um, just coming out this season and, and proving why he's one of the best goalies in the world. So, and I, I think that the archers are typically, I mean, they're, they're going to be a better regular season team than the water dogs. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Having Dylan Ward out for this game is going to be a little tough. I think that that defense for the archers might be a little, I'm not going to say that they're going to be too physical for Michael Sowers, right? Cause he's a tough son of a bitch. Who's like still going to get to his spots. But I think that it's going to be one of those ones where like at some point you might want to be like, Hey, like let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like we'll see them later on. And I, I don't know if they meet up again in the regular season, but at the very least in the playoffs or whatever. So like, you know, you might not need to go too crazy against those guys. Um, I don't know. Like, Biggest X factor in, in all these games for me is just Karen McArdle, uh, just a silent assassin, just a guy who you watch the game, you notice him, right? Like it's, it's not like he's unnoticeable, but like you never notice just how much he is the stall, the straw that stirs the drink for that offense. Like you watch the game and you're like, yeah, like Kieran's been having like a, a pretty solid game so far. And then you look at the stats and you're like, fuck, like he has like seven, seven. assists right now. Yeah. You're like, where did that come from? Um, so listen, he gets going a little bit and, and then maybe I, I think water dogs are able to, to overcome some of those odds, but um, I don't know. I, I like, 
I like the over in this one. Um, and I guess, I don't know. You're, you're not getting a, some good value on this one, but like water dogs plus one and a half would be my play. I like the one and a half. I'm fine. I was thinking yeah. more to win the game, but I, I like the yeah. one and a half. Um, but yeah, so I, I think we're going to see plenty of goals, but I think archers still come out on top, even without grand event. Cause they've shown numerous times throughout the season that um, even without one of their best offensive weapons, they're still absolutely filthy. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't care how many shots DeLuca has seen over the past few weeks. He hasn't seen a single one like Mac O'Keefe's. Yeah. Yeah. So he can fucking swing. Yeah. Tough, tough to, uh, I will say there, there's a storyline too, where like we were talking about like Dobson seeing like the chaos, like with the Canadians who would get the advantage there. Um, I think this is we got another situation on our hands with the water dogs. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of Canadian guys. Like Zach Courier. So is there a little mental play there? We shall shall see. I'll, I'll sleep on that one. Well, also worth noting that Zach Courier is the president of the NLL Players Association, Brett Dobson in the NLL. So maybe, maybe Zach Courier is like, hey bud, like listen, I I'm I'm in charge of this shit. I'll like Yeah. Let, let, let a few go by and, and you'll be in, in my good graces. So could be some, some gamesmanship there, but yeah, I like, I like that game being tight. Definitely going to be the game of the week, 3 PM on Sunday. A little upset about that. Probably going to have to watch that one on the phone while I'm on the beach, but uh, should be a great game either way. And then the weekend wraps up 5 30 PM, the whip snakes taking on the chaos whip snakes at my, at one and four on the season chaos uh, at three and two whips. Just can't say healthy whatsoever. Uh, chaos coming off of a, a nice little 15 11 win uh to close out the Fairfield week. So they're playing some good ball right now. Uh obviously Whip Snakes, you know, not only did they so they lost Matt Rambo in that game, they lost Kyle Burnlore in that game. Uh tough state of affairs right now for the Whips. On the Barstool Sportsbook app, you can get Whip Snakes still on the spread at minus one and a half at plus one thirty-five value. Uh chaos at plus one and a half at minus one seventy-five. So I mean that right there is like I don't know that that doesn't add up to me. Um, total on this one set at 23 and a half and both these teams on the money line at, at minus one fifteen. Um, is, is there any reason why you shouldn't just bet chaos across the board in this game? Yeah, because everybody else is. Um, also, I, where, where do we like, I seriously don't get, there was a small margin where, we're not talking about the whip snakes in a, diff- in a different sense. They were basically neck and neck with the water dogs in Fairfield. The water dogs pulled away with about five minutes to go. I still think the whips are good value to win it all. I think they're like plus 750 on the Barstool Sportsbook. That is a great snag. If they get healthy, this team can win it all again. We could be looking at them on Championship Monday and being like, of course, or Championship Sunday and being like, of course, they're in the championship. It's the whip snakes. So I, I love that value. They still haven't played the game without with uh, Brad Smith. The injury woes are there, but I'm not too concerned about this team. I think Keegan Khan played well in Fairfield. Um, I like the way that he directs offense. So, yeah, I, I'll take the Wolves minus one and a half because nobody else will. Yeah, I just think just think losing Rambo and Burnmore is just – like because then where, where do you go? You go – do you go Krebs or do you go Phipps in that? Because I know everybody loves Phipps. I'm, I'm sure that the league loves them. Like – but here's the—I just don't think he's any good. 
I mean, he made it to the championship game only, like, he took over Burnlor's job only two years ago and made it to the championship. I don't know. I, I just think, I, I think that the, the chaos offense, you've got just a lot of, a lot of killers on that offense. Um, and, and I just, I'm I think the not Nets sure. have a pretty killer defense. I think, I think that, like, Don, Young, Muller, I think it's I think it's the most formidable trio in the league where everybody has their roles identified and it's clearly stated. The only thing that's really hurting them right now is that Earhart's been out, but I don't know what his injury report is. But, well, Matt, um, but yeah, but I think like like a, a kid like Minicus just throws whatever defensive plan you had in in order out the window because let's he's, pump the he's brakes. Too- let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. I don't get like he's having a fantastic year, so I don't want to take away from anything he's doing. But I, I think that everyone's got to pump the brakes on this a little bit. I, I don't know if this is like it'll carry on for the rest of the year or whatever. But it's not like he was some stud in college where he was like without a doubt or not, like a, a first round draft pick. Has he been playing over his role? Yeah, but I, I think it's like like I don't know why we're saying like he's just going to wreck any defender that comes at him. Like, Dude, was he, he better just... than Brett? Was he, was he better than Brett Maycar in Fairfield? Yeah, but like I'm not saying that any defender he goes up against that he's going to do that every single time. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the whips defense against him. And it, again, it, it might be just a team he's defense. so quick though. Like he's so like, quick. The team and defense he... thing too. Like it's like the the, at, we took, the Atlas team defense sucks right now. They have no like their slides aren't there. They don't know what they're doing. The Whipsnakes are a team that's been consistently on defense the same the same guys the entire time. They've known each other since college. They know their packages. They, they know their talk. They know what like they know yeah, where slides are coming but, from. But now, but now you're not getting that talk coming from Burnlore. It's, it's a Maryland guy. It's a guy that took him to a championship game two years ago. I don't know. Not minus one and a half. Give it to me. Listen, here's me. the thing. Whips, what, whips, I will, whips, what I will. What I will. What I will say is. Whips are, I mean, th- this is a team they're backed into a corner right now, right? They've, they've got everyone, everyone ro- not rooting again, but everyone counting them out. Everyone's kind of already be all right. Yep. Yeah, like the, the, the ship is sailed for the whip snakes windows closed uh, back into the corner. We'll see like, what, what do they have in them? So that makes them a dangerous team. Uh, but I, I just, listen, if, if this was whips, Plus one and a half. I'd say, yeah, that is like, like that's the play right there. Like, I, I just don't. I'm not comfortable enough with this version of the Whip Snakes coming away with a win. Um, so I, <clears throat> so I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm going chaos. Um, listen, you're you're gonna get a good game out of Zed, but can you expect five out of them every single game? Maybe he is that good, but. I don't know. Maybe not against Blaze. So I'm I'm going chaos in this one. Whoops. All right. Is that our first? Uh, is that our first one that we're splitting of the? No, you had water dogs. I had archers. Uh well, yeah. So I yeah, I went water dogs uh, plus one and a half. So yeah, I'm, I'm still yeah, right. still still coin flip on the on whoever comes out of that one. But um, all right. Uh, anything else before we wrap this thing up? I, I kind of do have to get going. I don't know if you want to, uh, chat, chat with, uh, an intern, Matt. Yeah, um, I can, I can get Nestler for the Nestler minute. Um, 
Jordy if you have to get going. But here's here's our intern minute with Nestler to to uh, catch us up on things. What's up, Ness? Nothing much, guys. It was good listening in there. Um, so with the with the intern minute here, I just want to touch on a few things. Uh, one, I got a hilarious DM from a, a kid who's in high school who's going to Villanova next year. He's not playing lacrosse, and he wanted to know if he could play for the Cabrini lacrosse team while enrolled at Villanova. Wow. So, so that guy, I, I had to make sure that's what he was asking. It was. I told him that's not how that, that works. But that guy loves lacrosse. He, he wanted to be able to make it happen, so shout-out to that guy. Uh, second shout-out is going to go to Beer Leagues, Men's Leagues, uh, playing at War at the Shore this weekend. Going to be tuned up. It's going to be 100 degrees, playing with about 20 Cabrini guys. That's going to be a good time. Got to bring the energy for that. And then third, we need, last – Need some content out of that nest. Yeah, we need content. I got you. I got uh, you. Anything send, send to our guy, Kevin, to uh, put up. Uh, quick question on the War at the Shore. Where, where's the bar? What's where, where are we ranking the bars? Give me the three shore bars. Shore bars for, for Ward the Shore weekend specifically, Janks is going to be number one. We get our feet in the sand after a long day of battling. Uh, we go down in like a big a big party bus, the whole team. So that's just vibes are through the roof there. Can't complain. And then after Janks, uh, I'm going to have to go back towards the Manasquan area. Like you can't go wrong with you can't go wrong with the Parker House. That's a sellout. Sell out number two there. Um, but um, I personally like getting down at DJ's. I feel like there's never a line when I go there. I think it's easy to get in there, easy to get drinks. Um, you can move around. Um, so those are, probably, those are probably my top three. But uh, Jank, Jank's has got to be number one. I think I think that's a, a good one to hit. Yeah, Jenks, the place where they have the uh, alphabet of STDs. So make sure you have it with you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a Parker guy through and through. I'm, I'm a Pat, wherever, wherever Pat Roddy is, I'm that guy. <laughs> Collins is a favorite, but um, yeah, I, I like that list. Jenks is a bunch of fun beach bar. Yeah, um, have a bunch of fun. Should be should be a good time. I'll have no problem getting some content. We're uh, for anyone out there listening, we're the Pleasants. So if you see us on your schedule. You will get thrashed, and it will be you, – you, you can clip this. You can tell everyone we're coming for next. Like, we're there to drink and have a good time, but we're coming for the championship this, this year. We've won it before. We're winning again. You heard can, it here first. Can we get can we get a GoPro on the helmet? I, I can I can absolutely do that. We, we had one a few years back. I don't know if we had one last year, but some, some of my buddies have a couple of GoPros, so I'll get one strapped up. Mike, yeah, so how, how tall are you? Well, depends who's asking, but hey. – <laughs> uh five eight five eight i walk around i walk, uh, okay. I walk around like i'm five six my girlfriend, my, girl, my girlfriend thinks i'm six foot like well he, got, uh, this is this is this is coming from a five eight guy asking for you but i'm saying like like goalies that are like five like goalies that are actually five ten or five eleven if you put yeah. the gopro on your helmet it's it's like it's almost a cheat code because as an attackman my entire job like that entire day i'm look i'm aiming for the gopro trying to take it off and then if you're like five eleven six foot if, if unless i don't if if unless i hit it like yeah. that shot going over the cage at five yeah. eight you still so now not only do you have everyone <laughs> aiming for the gopro but like that's going right under the bar yeah maybe that'll save me some bruises i'm i'm a body first guy so i saw you guys talking to cat about the bruises i have some heroic ones to show you guys i'm sure after this weekend 
I'll have a bunch, but it should be fun. It should be a good time. It's always good to get the fellas together and lax it up. But I did see that it might be a hundred, a hundred degrees. So I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. We're going to need a lot of waters on top of those beers. Get some body armors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That can be done. And some high noons. We can sneak in a, a most, lot. Of high noons. Extra high high noons. We'll go extra high noons. Triple Any, the noons. Anything else to report on? La- last thing I want to do, just something I want to start trying to do every week is cursed of the week award does not have to go to a cursed, but it goes to someone who exemplifies the love of the game. This week's winner, Colin Kirst. Uh, unbelievable showing at the PLL All-Star <laughs> game. He wasn't the best one out there. He never is, but he'll humbly admit that. Um, but he showed up. He had a big smile on his face. He represented the Cannons, one of the hottest teams in PLL. Um, and I also want to put on the record, I'm the number one Colin Kirst fan in the world. I'll go up against anyone on that since day one. So uh, shout out Colin Kirst, and next week we'll get a, a different guy out there on the Kirst Award, unless unless he goes back-to-back. But, what about Connor Kirst? Like I'm a, I'm a giant Connor Kirsch guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a massive Kirsch guy all around, but this specific weekend, you know, I turn on, I, I look at Instagram, I look at Twitter, Colin Kirsch is the first thing I see in the, And that's what, that's what lacrosse is all about is getting it out there to the world. So I'm uh, I'm putting it out there. Number one, Colin Kirsch fan in the world, but I, I'm up there with all the other Kirsch brothers. I live next to Connor Kirsch for a few years, Villanova and Cabrini. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, now, yeah. Uh, before, like they bought us, yeah. before they fucking, Kirk? before they bought us out like a bunch of scumbags. Curse of the week award doesn't have to go to a curse unless the curse is playing. Uh, well, Matt, thanks for the, for the, for the intern Matt minute. Uh, yes, and uh, listen, I, I got to run. So I'm going to wrap this thing yeah, up for I'm all you good. boys and girls back home. So make sure everyone is following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the crease dive on both. Make sure you guys have subscribed to the YouTube. If you are not subscribed to the YouTube, we will send intern Matt to your door. He will kick it down. Yes. And he will beat your ass. Like, okay. like, like, the curse loving man that he is. Uh, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out. I bet she didn't think twice about it.